it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to our second Virial USA podcast of the new season. This is Alan. I'm joined by Sid. That's Virial, as in tied for first place after one match. And uh, our B team is at top of the table in the Segunda as well. So it was a good opening weekend of matches. But we got many more to go. And the women's, women's team is undefeated. The women's team is undefeated, yes. Of course, they haven't played a, in the league yet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they've had a good preseason, though. So that's and uh, so we're looking forward to that. To that, um, yeah. So on the transfer front, it's been uh, we could have recorded this podcast back in June, <laughs> um, although we finally did get Gio Lacelso on loan again. Um, but everything else that has been mooted, you know, players who might, well, we did, we did move some players, but um, the, uh, the forward situation hasn't changed much at all with um, Dia and uh, Paco still um, on the, on the uh, selling block. And uh, supposedly Cavani, uh, supposedly this guy from Almeria that I don't really Sadiq. know. Sadiq. Yeah. And then I saw a rumor today that, uh, if Sadiq and Cavani don't work out, we'll try and get Dembele from Barcelona, which I have no idea why we should be helping them out of their financial misery. But hey, <laughs> I mean, who knows? It's it's still you know it's it, it's been a really strange, um, silly season um, on the transfer front. Yes, and that's not even to mention all of the different rumors of things. So. Uh... Jeremy, Pervis. Um, even oh. at one point, I think there was some chatter about Gerard, uh, Nico Jackson, uh, Juan Foyth, uh, uh, I think too. I think of those. I mean, the Pervis deal seems like it's going to happen. That um, that seems to be going down with Brighton. I don't know, but it's been makes, announced. Makes a lot of sense again, replacing directly. Though, again, you you always wonder in the EPL is that really the uh, is that really the position where you want to spend a ton of money? But go figure. Well, I suppose we did spend a lot of money for Purvis. So yeah, it looks um, like we'll get it looks like we'll get uh, pretty much all of it back. And I, mm-hmm. you know, if the variable if the um, variables in there are pretty easy to attain, and it sounds like they probably are, then we'll have a profit on the deal. And um, Robin and Julian and I were talking about this last podcast that I think Estepinion's a fine player. He he just is not quite, um, doesn't seem to be fit into a 4-4-2 terribly well at, as, at a left back, although, you know, he certainly had some fine games in, in Europe um, last year. But Brighton plays a three-five-two, I think, which is a lot like which is what Ecuador plays, and he mm-hmm. may do very well there. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's 
think it'd be interest. I think he'll he'll be um, it'll be interesting to see. It's I was couldn't help thinking though um, how our record with Ecuadorian players just hasn't been that good. I was thinking back of Jeff Montero. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Now you know, and and I'm just looking at some things as we're talking. The the Dembele we're talking about is Musa, not Usman. So this is this is the Leon strike. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, though he was on loan at Atletico, so right is he's not completely unfamiliar to us. No, um, I'm the other the person. I'm surprised that there hasn't been more chatter about Raul de Tomas because he's he and the um, Espanol uh, coaching staff and and front office obviously aren't getting it's like a Paco situation and Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that there hasn't been some discussion of us moving for him just for that reason I mean hey do a switch you know (laughs) We'll trade one dissatisfied guy for a, for another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know. I, I I would guess, and, and I don't know. Maybe it only feels like he's been around forever. But I was going to say, it seems like maybe in terms of profile, we are looking at someone younger. Though again, you know, the rumor about Cavani has been there. Uh, yeah. You know, again, uh, he's only twenty seven. He's only twenty seven. It seems yeah. like RDT has been around for. Yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, because he played. I think one of the things that Alan I'll say is, and and this has been a a challenge we've talked about in various ways, sort of, you know, and and I, I, you know, listening to, want to say commentary around the match, maybe it was the pregame that Javi Mata was talking about, you know. Where where does Morales fit? You know, if Morales right now, you know, still perfectly good player, arguably had his best season, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. last year or you know, past couple of years. If with no Dia, no Paco, which at some point, and again, I don't know if Paco was there, but I think Dia at some point we at least thought maybe was an option. Um, so neither of those um, still can't really get on the field, <laughs> um, and, and that's with you know other other various rumors and things going on, and and you know people people not fully fit. I guess you know he got to he played he played a bit at the end of the match, um, yeah. but you know it seems possible if we were to bring in Lachelso. And we brought in another striker. I don't even know if he's getting the minutes he did. Um, and and so that's a little bit of a challenge, I think. You know, when we look at kind of and say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so would be a good fit. I think particularly given December. And, you know, I would think RDT at least stands a chance um, mm-hmm. to make the Spain team. You have to look at it and say, I really want to be somewhere I'm going to play and start and score goals. Right. Um, and he's got to know that the only reason Danjuma stayed is the same thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is he starting over Danjuma? No. Is he starting over Gerard? No. 
Um, and then you've just got <laughs> a whole plethora of options there. Yeah. Um, you know, with Lochelso, unless again we could talk about it a little bit tactically, but maybe if the idea is that somebody like Lochelso can play in Coquelin's position, I suppose it leaves a little bit more flexibility. But that's a sort of pretty heavy, maybe attacking skewed lineup. Well, um, I think I if, think if you're if you're yeah. set up that way, so. Well, but you know, if you're looking at the top eleven, I, I don't know that an RDT necessarily cracks, cracks it. it. Maybe yeah. he does, um, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a guarantee. Yeah, but um, I don't know. But and I that's with someone like Asamu, who who is you know pretty clearly on the bench, um, but you know did certainly see some impact of his. That's with Baena on the bench. You know, there's just. There's a lot of players, and it's not clear that sort of out-and-out strikers have a have a great deal of a role in Emory's system. Well, okay, but, I mean, let's unpack a lot of things here. Um, okay, La Celso coming in is, I mean, without Trigueros, who, who is, has a broken toe or whatever right now, I mean, I think <clears> we <throat> saw in the match against Valladolid that we really needed more creativity in, in midfield. We, you know, playing, um, playing, uh, Parejo and Coquelin and, um, Capu was, they're just too slow and, and one dimensional. I mean, uh, so I think that's what that's designed to, to go after. I guess mm-hmm. my reaction now, now again, maybe, maybe Baena fits in there. Well, okay, but here's the, but here was here was going to be my second point, which is that I think, I mean, yeah, Jackson looked good. Obviously, Baena coming off the bench and scoring two goals. What can you say, right? But I think you have to be um, wary of young player. I mean. Young players drawing too many conclusions out of one match. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think you have that to, one. I think you have to say, sure, that's great. But are you going to are you going to essentially say, okay, well then I'm just going I'm not going to sign another striker because I've got I've got Jackson. I'm not going to sign another winger because I've got Baena and and oh by the way he can, you know he can do all do all this stuff. No, I mean I think you're you know we we saw with. Um, um, Fair Nino, you know, development is not linear, and mm-hmm. um, I think it's great that with the B team being in the Segunda, we can shuttle a Baena back and forth between them. You know, that's that's great. Well, but, but I, I would I would say for Baena, I think that's what last year did. Mm. So I I honestly don't see that. I see Baena not playing a match for the B team this year. Um, maybe at the end of the season or something, they need to stay up. But in the competitive part of the season, I don't see it. Um, I think he's clearly a first-choice player for the midweek games, for example. Um, and, and that's that's the thing, I think, where if you look at um, where we've been successful in the younger player development, it's been... The guys who have gone and played full seasons in the Segunda mm-hmm. more than the guys who have tried to go on loan to Primera team and sort of 
play a yeah, bit. Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with that. I mean, we. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Paul Torres is is a great example. Exactly. And yeah. He, and yeah. He was he was the model there, and and you know, but yeah. you know, uh, Jackson, for example, went to Mirandes. Right. Necessarily right. play a ton, but, no, but I think he, that's that's the right thing. You I get think them so. I think so. To, to play yeah, I, um, I guess my I guess my feeling is, and, and to go back to Morales, I mean, I think the thing about it almost seems to me that what Emery really wants in his attacking, um, I think he really wants to have a bunch of attacking player pieces that he can look at and dip into and change the lineup depending on who we're playing and how we think they're going to play. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing about I think the thing of where Morales is useful, um, and we saw it on Sunday um, or on Saturday with um, with Samu also was was Morales once he came on, it did change the the rhythm of our attack to some degree because he he made a couple of good runs and one of them resulted in a corner. I can't remember what happened from the other, but it was like suddenly he's coming off the bench and taking players on in a way that. Um, was different um, than what we'd seen before. And so I think that type of thing is probably, you know, he, he may be a, he may be a role player who gets um, time in midweek matches, gets time in, in Copa and gets time in Europe. I don't know, but I think, I think he's good to have around because he can do so many things and, and he's very experienced. And I think that's the kind of guy that Emery would really like to, um, to have on the bench, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, and I don't disagree. I, yeah. I suppose what I would say is, uh, friend of the podcast, if you will, I wasn't expecting Morales to be Camunas. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. was probably expecting him to be, you know, if he was coming here at the age he was. Um, and again, maybe just so much of it was they got relegated. Here's the opportunity to play close to home for a team that will certainly pay you um yeah yeah. and so you're somewhat limited in your options but just would have seemed like he had a lot of choices um and um i i would have expected the thought of sort of some regularity of playing time yeah being being a piece of it and nobody's to say that won't happen i think it's just i'm a little bit surprised maybe by how how much competition he will have yeah, so and and to be fair, I think part of that competition probably wasn't visualized to be as strong as it now is. I mean, I think mm-hmm. in the preseason, mm-hmm. um, Baena and Jackson both just really impressed, um, and so that you know that's been a, that's been a big thing. The the other um, rumor that I heard, which I makes no sense to me, but um, the source was. Uh, Romano, who's usually pretty accurate on these things, is that we're willing to loan Cuenca to Hatafe again. And that, to me, just makes no sense. I mean, I'm cueing you for your favorite line about center backs. <laughs> Why would we get rid of him when we only have Mandy behind Pau and Albiol? Now, granted, mm-hmm. Albiol is, you know, I have a feeling that when he's 52 and he can barely move, he's still going to be playing center back but he's just going to position himself in the right in the right place from the as soon as the game starts. But 
<laughs> that said, I think we need a third center back we can we can count on, and he's, you know, I, I think if we're the only reason to loan him out would be if we didn't think we were going to give him enough time playing time, and and we've just been talking about guys up front that we're signing who we don't know how we're going to give that much playing time to. So I don't get that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. The only thing I can, um, the only thing I can say there is maybe he just didn't convince. Mm. And again, seemed seemed like he would have convinced doing decently well in the Premier. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. you know, one thing we've certainly talked about is the difficulty of playing center back in our system. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, Emery's system's a little bit different, but it does rely on the first pass of the center back um, in some significant ways. Just yes. as you know, Asenho uh, just you know wasn't wasn't workable um, as as the keeper uh, on a go forward basis. So I wonder if there's something there that just you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I haven't seen him. Maybe not, I, not I didn't see yet. him in preseason to know. Um, mm-hmm. But I was surprised that that because by all indications he had performed well last season for Hatafe, so mm-hmm. I could understand why mm-hmm. they want him back. But I figured that for us it, it would be somebody he would be somebody we would hang on to and sort of um, try and move into the center back, at least a third center back position. So I don't know. You know. It's, I, I will say that one of the things that is... Um, now, now, didn't... Um, we did something of that nature on Saturday, I'm trying to remember. We brought in... Uh, no, we, we brought in Mondi for fourth late on. Mondi for fourth. But then Mondi played at right back? Yeah, yeah, as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I... I yeah. I just wonder, is, does that mean that though we thought you know, Foyt was pref- preferred at right back, does that mean that there's actually some option if he's not playing at right back, he'd play in the middle? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't... It seems odd that you take a guy who's been... I mean, as right back, he's been just incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then try to move him to a different position occasionally. I, I don't I don't really see the rationale for that. But I mm-hmm. I suppose it could be. I kind of I kind of viewed it more or less as a as maybe just an emergency thing because we we don't have uh, Kiko or whatever is it Kiko that we mm-hmm. Kiko Kiko yeah. yeah. Um and since he's not back yet from his injury, um we were short on that side and so that was maybe he was the you know giving forth a time time off Foyth seemed a little irritated when he came off i noticed and i don't know if he was complaining that he should have been subbed sooner or what he but the, but by the time we um scored i mean they showed him laughing on the bench and everything so i don't think it was a big deal but i just kind of wondered if maybe he wanted to be subbed a little sooner for some reason mm-hmm. i don't know um, yeah, definitely not a guy regularly subbed, so maybe it was a muscle or something. Yeah, or just, or just he, 
It's hard to know. I mean, you know, it was a fatigue hot, early in the season. Also, yeah, very possibly. early in the season. It was it was very hot. You know, they had the various hydration breaks and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I don't know what he, you know, maybe he said something during the second hydration break that he was like, yeah, I think I should maybe come out. And then it took another 10 minutes to do it or something. I don't know. But I, I it was just odd because he didn't seem, I mean, he wasn't angry, but he just didn't, but he, his body language and everything. He didn't seem real, real happy. And Emery sort of said something to him like, like it was a discussion, not just great job, you know? (laughs) So I don't know, but, um, but certainly, um, I think he's, I think right back, he's got to be the, he's got to be preferred. Um, the, the biggest concern I had watching the match, I guess, was, the lack of um, build up through the middle with our midfield, and uh, we were really one sided for most for most of the match. There it seemed to me we were very much one sided for most of the match. I'm probably surprising which side it was mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, we would have expected with Pedraza on the left um, that 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 would have been a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, you know, my sort of overarching takeaway, and and perhaps even for the, for the B team, was if you win and you don't play well early in the season, that's really the 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 thing you want because you you know there's going to be room for improvement, mm-hmm. and um, you know, particularly for for the A team. Um, you know, and I think people were discussing on on the broadcast I saw. You know what what should be the reasonable goal, and and I think the commentator said correctly is is to try and get in the top four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the same European demands this year, and um, you know the squad is good enough, the manager is good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I think that has to be the push, and, and these are the kinds of games, you know, it, it felt like in, in many ways that we would find a way just to concede late and, and give up two points. Yes. Um, so, so I think it's important, and again, maybe, maybe the youth had a little bit to do with it, that we did have some fresh legs there um, to, to hit on the counter uh, and get that second goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that seemed to really take take the air out of viability. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I want to take a, a short break, and then when we come back, I want to switch gears and talk about finances a little bit. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I guess my thought about finances is that we, um, you know, here we are, you know, a lot of the way through the window, and it seems like a lot of teams in Spain are having difficulty registering players, coming up with money to buy players, um, which on the one hand, it's like, well, yeah, you ought to manage your... And other teams don't seem to, right? Well, I wasn't going to go there. I mean, we <laughs> I, the, uh, the theme, of, yes, Barcelona is pulling many levers, shall we say. Um, <laughs> but I I guess the, the question I have or the thought I had is that, you know, the EPL is already um, become financially dominant, um, but I, but I feel like the um, what's with with the salary cap being applied the way it is in Spain more than other countries. Um, I I really don't quite know if it's to do is Spain not giving credit for COVID um, related issues in the same way that other countries are or that FIFA is with fair play. I assume there's still FIFA fair play. I haven't heard anything about it recently, but it just seems like um, clubs in other countries have found ways to get around rules. And I mean, Betis, I mean, I'm not even just thinking about Villarreal, you know, Betis have the same problem. Um, I mean, I can see that, that in our case, we certainly are having, we'll have less income because we're not in the Champions League again, but I'm a little surprised that in that a team as well run as Villarreal and a team as well run as Betis um, is having trouble meeting the financial criteria. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the only the only thing I can think of um, in sort of the broader context is we had made sort of such an effort in terms of um, reducing. The wage bill, mm-hmm. and it sort of seems like that has sort of reversed itself a bit. And again, the wage bill maybe has become the new um, transfer fee in a lot of ways. Yeah, in yeah. terms of attracting players and and otherwise, um, and so consequently, it certainly does seem like we have really amped up the wage bill Mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, trying to tie down some of our younger players uh, in terms of trying to attract some of the older ones. You may remember sort of early in the off season, you know, somebody like uh, David Ospina was rumored before Reyna joined. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be getting those kinds of guys or to even be in the picture. And again, we didn't ultimately get him, but you know, you, you are committing to putting that person you know, at, at, at or near the top of your wage bill. If you're a club like ours, 
Well, that was one um, thing I noticed with our wage bill was that um, you can definitely see that, you know, our, our highest paid players are players who came from places where they were getting those wages, which was more than we would pay. And I'm thinking of um, Parejo, as you say, that was basically coming on a free, but at a, at a, at a Valencia salary. Um, mm-hmm. Paco um, obviously was, you know, was being paid well in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. Where I really noticed it was somebody like Ruben Pena, who when he left, that didn't really save us that much salary because he had come from Osasuna. So we weren't paying him A-bar. all that much anyway, you know. For, yeah, from from A bar to Osasuna. Yeah, yeah. So he he was somebody who wasn't. Well, and, and we paid wage. a sizable transfer fee for him. Right, right. So, so, but I think the in terms of the um, in terms of the the um, salary for players that we that that are kind of homegrown. Yes, I mean they naturally have gone up too. As you, you know, every time you do a new contract with an improved um, uh, release clause, you've got to, you know, you're you're bumping up the players' pay as well. So, yeah, yep. I, I, but but pretty limited on that. So, yeah, so more like more, said, limited, it's more limited. Some yeah. of these older veterans yeah. who have come over again. Remember how many former Spurs or other EPL players we've been signing? Right. Um, right. And yes, some of these guys are, are taking taking a wage cut, but not taking you know seventy five percent to come here. Um, right, right. So you're yeah. also in that classic employment salary history. <laughs> yes. Question. And I and I don't know. Uh, and I don't know with a club like Betis if that may be an issue too. I don't know. I just I I, I, yeah, I, I gotta believe it is. Uh, yeah. That was that was what I was going to allude to when you were saying that. Um, yeah, I gotta think so. But again, it it has saved us on transfer fees. But like we talk about, you know, amortizing players by having them over the term of the contract mm-hmm. in the same way, these guys are saying, "Well, I know I'm going to stay here and get paid because you know this isn't the sort of place that is going to you know pull a Barca with Frankie De Jong and basically mm-hmm. say, you know, we're." either going to make you cut your pay or we're going to make it miserable on you to leave. Right. Um, right. It's just not, not the way business is done. And so they know, you know, and this is the Paco situation. Right. I was going to say, he knows yeah. that for however much he's unwanted, he, he will get paid if he stays. And so he doesn't have to have that urgency of, I got to find the next lifeboat because, uh, mm-hmm. otherwise these guys will find a way to kind of start me out. Yeah, I I just feel like with his situation though, and I don't know. We were speculating the other day. I don't know everything behind it, but there's more than I'm sure. There's more than we know about um, with Paco, and I just I find it hard to believe that you can just keep turning down offer after offer after offer, and and uh, and you know that, that just it's, at some point I would think you would want to go somewhere just to get off the bench. What do I know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think so. I think though, if you're in his position, probably the likelihood is you'll get to go somewhere. Meaning, it seems like he sort of holds all the cards in this. Yeah. He can say, you know, I'm not 
not going to agree to sort of um, a more permanent resolution to this issue um, until I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if it comes to deadline day, Cadiz is, you know, Cadiz is going to be an option kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think, feel like he, he, he holds all the cars in the situation. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's just, you know, that's just the nature of, of modern football, you know, is, is he, he holds the cards kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. rule de Tomas holds the cards at Espanol. I mean, yep. he doesn't have well, to do anything. And also Paco, I think if I'm not mistaken, is our top wage earner. Uh, I think he's next. No, I think Parejo is. Let me, let me check. Uh, but he's up. He's up. He's up there. But he's not the. He's not the top. I gotta find my. I can't remember what the name of the website is. I know I bookmarked it, but. Um, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, so, so you know, but I'm but pretty Adder sure he's he's, he's, he's one of the top of, three or four. Of where yeah. this whole thing is. Yeah. Um, he's. Uh, here we are. This this is. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much how much I believe this one. This is. Oh, this is because it's in. No, I want the other one. This one's net, and I want those. But I I believe but, that. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think the other interesting thing about but this I, but window I think, is. Um, I was just gonna say, looking looking at the whole thing, um, it seems like we've lost a lot of players but i don't know if we've actually lost quality yeah yeah i don't know if we actually maybe even have gained quality with some of the younger guys who have been given an opportunity so it's an interesting one in that it feels like boy there's been a lot of turnover here but it also feels like it's a lot of turnover in like players 15 to 18 in the squad it's not so much, you know, none of none of the starting eleven, the sort of set starting eleven guys are gone. Right, and um, I think which I is think most which is of, interesting. Yeah, and I think most of the guys who left so far were were ones that we knew at the end of last season were probably dispensable. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the list by the way on the salaries, and um, actually Paco is seventh on the list. Um, and he's, wow. and uh, Ibora, who was uh, number five, and he's left. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Pare- it, Parejo and Cocola are the top two, and then Powell and Gerard. Okay. And then uh, Ruli and Mandy uh, for some reason, and Albiol. So and then it mm-hmm. goes then it goes down from there. But it's like most of the players that we've that we've moved on were on. Good salary, but we're not in the top of our group. Even Estepinion, if he moves, I mean, we bought him from Watford, so he's not going to be that. Uh, doesn't have that much of a salary. Um, Moy was um, one of our lesser wage earners. Um, Dia is kind of in the middle of the pack. He's he's earning, mm-hmm. he and, but he's earning, you know, but he's earning as uh, about the same amount as Jeremy in his new contract and uh, Dan Juma. So. You know, just kind of look at it that way. He's probably Diaz, probably somebody that we're happy to move on of that of that group. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, Paco is definitely would definitely save some salary and would free up a roster spot. But um, he's not our top earner, 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think I think in general the team has been trying to sort of move to be be fair to um, players, but it's it's hard when you have a retrenchment when you're in the Champions League one year and then the next year you're not. And I think that um, I know we didn't budget for as much money to come in from the Champions League as we got, but I don't think we can budget for very much. I mean, even if you win the Conference League, it's not a big payoff. You know, it's it's like the Europa League was 10, 15 years ago. So. Mm-hmm. But but I think something else that, that shouldn't be undersold is how much player movement there has been mm-hmm. since Emery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're only talking about two-thirds of the team <laughs> has has come in in that time. Um so that, that also explains why so many of these salaries are there at the top. I mean, these are these are all the guys who have been brought in and were, yeah. you know, hey, you know, we, we need you. We're trying to sort of kick things up a notch here. And, um, you know, you're, you're going to be paid like somebody who's being brought in to really come and improve the team. Yeah, because I mean, um, if you look at if you look at the uh, at, at our lesser, I mean, Manu Trigueros, who of course has been around a long time, is one of our lesser wage earners because his last, I guess his last deal carries him to twenty twenty five. But he's, um, you know, he's well below a, a lot of the um, people who have come in, or you know, fifteen twenty percent below anyway. Some of the some of the guys that have come in since and. Uh, you know, you look at the Alberto Moreno is another one we picked up on a free who we've been paying pretty well. Um, Pedraza, when he came back, got an improved deal. So, you know, it, all those all those sorts of things. But you're right; it's like you look at the team now compared to um, compared to before Emery came, and it's it's uh, been an, an awful lot of turnover. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. anyway, well. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up? I, I uh, should let you get to get to sleep or as much sleep mm-hmm. as you can with the new baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, you know, I, I think one of the things is <laughs> one of what Hadvi Mata also said in the pregame, which is it's it's really a mess to have this much of an overlap between play and the transfer window. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we can go back to the era before that happened or anything like that, but it's just such a mess. I mean, it you is. know, you've got, got all of these different things you're trying to do. Like who is in training <laughs> is, is such a big thing when, yeah. you yeah. know, we have a, a elimination match coming up over the next two midweeks. And, you know, Playing Atletico should be one of the bigger earmarked games of the schedule. The games get such short shrift early in the season because yes. of all of this mess, yes. and uh, just really seems seems short sighted. Yep. You know, the biggest focus it seems like from Saturday's game was, oh, Jeremy played so well. This explains why Arsenal want to make an offer for him. Yeah, um, I know. And and you you really lose lose sight of why we play <laughs> which mm-hmm. is not to uh, put people in the shop window um, so I, I will personally be relieved when it's done um, yep. 
And, you know, I guess it remains to be seen if one of those kinds of marquee moves gets made. Um, you know, the, the only thing you can say in fairness to counteract what, what I was saying about seeming to have 12 attacking players is, I guess, even if something like that does happen, doesn't seem like we're at a loss for option. We may have lost significant quality, um, but not in quantity of replacements. So, right, right, right. Yeah, we, I, I agree with you. I think, that, I think the, you know, the people who say they're against modern football for exactly these sorts of reasons, I can't, I can't dispute that. I mean, it, it was a lot nicer back when you knew what your roster would be well before the season started. <laughs> And you know it's always been it's always been a problem in Spain that I, as long as I can remember I remember Jonathan de Guzman playing against us and scoring a goal before we bought him that one year mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. stuff like that it's just it's I mean I understand having a transfer window in de- in December or January that that's always going to happen but I don't understand why um, it, it does seem to make it very difficult I mean looking at Lacelso you know I mean he arrives you know, comes over from London and he's training the next day. Now, granted, he was here last year or so. I mean, I'm sure that training and everything is familiar, but I, you, you have to, especially this year with the World Cup being when it is and everything, you kind of want to get off to a fast start. And um, mm-hmm. it's so hard to do when you, when your team pieces are moving around. And, uh, you know, but... You know, maybe, who knows, maybe Emery likes the challenge. I mean, he's he certainly loves to tinker with everything he's got. Maybe he wants to, maybe he'll be perfectly happy to deal with uh, players as they come in and, and replace ones that, I think most of the ones that have left, though, as we said, were ones that he didn't have significant plans for anyway. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just feels like we don't really have a handle on the team though because you've got that and then you have you know some of these key injuries to Danjuma to um Trigueros right and then you know if somebody like Dia doesn't leave you know he's gotta find some minutes um yep yep you know so I know we we should get some more clarity here but uh, again I think uh, wishing, wishing for the window to have moved earlier is probably a ship that sailed. But yeah, I it just so. seems like we're going to be again here. Okay, three rounds are done, and yet all we're talking about is okay. Now we finally know who's actually on the team, um, right? right. Uh, as opposed to where we sit today. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll try to focus on the matches as much as we can. Um, but I know it's been it's been difficult. Um, anyway, uh, this is Alan for Sid and Devon Villarreal. We're, you know, first first matches were good, and uh, at least in terms of results, I think we all recognize there's room for improvement, but can't complain about the results. And uh, we'll see we'll see where we are next week. We'll see where we are in two weeks. So until then, and Devon Villarreal. <laughs>